Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Event Industry News Podcast with me, James Dixon, wishing you all a very good morning, afternoon or evening, whenever or wherever you tune into today's podcast from. And on today's podcast, um, we're going to be talking all things Cvent. Cvent is a company that continues to, to fascinate me. Um, it's such an interesting backstory, the growth, their, their sort, of, sort of dynamic presence in the industry. And it's a brand that, you know, almost in some ways becomes synonymous with, with the modern day um, event professional and with the way that we run events now, um, such as its global presence. And I'm delighted to say that we're going to be welcoming their marketing director for Europe, uh, Felicia Asedu, to the programme today, just to have a little talk about Cvent Connect Europe, which is coming up in November, find out a little bit about that particular event, but really talk about how event technology now fits into event design. As I was saying, it's, it's come synonymous almost with, with the way that we we run modern events. So I'm delighted to welcome to the podcast, Felicia Asedu. Felicia, very good morning to you. Hello, good morning, James. Thanks for having me. Not a problem at all. Our, our absolute pleasure. And um, as I said in the top there that, that you'll have heard um, before we introed you, that, um, that as a brand, as a company, as an operation, Cvent, since I first became aware of them sort of 10 years ago and had the pleasure of, of um, introducing Reggie Agarwal to the main stage at one of the very first Event Tech Live events. He was he was sort of our main keynote speaker at the, the very first Event Tech Live at the old Truman Brewery in London. And um, that was the first time I come, come across the name, the company, and was sort of fascinated and intrigued in, in equal measures ever since. Um, Tell us a little bit, maybe, could we start with your journey and, and what you do at Cvent and how you got to the to the position that you're in now as marketing director for Europe at Cvent? Absolutely. Delighted to share. So, um, you know, I've been in marketing now for, well, sales and marketing roles for near on 20 years, which tells you that I'm not as young as I used to be. It's quite sad. But um, I always worked, you know, in marketing, working on events, um, but alongside my what I'd call my day job. So it's, you know, my digital marketing, content marketing, all the facets. I've always worked in a very generalist role and then, you know, channeled all of my efforts into content marketing. And at that time, I couldn't tell you that I knew there was such a thing as the events industry. I didn't know that existed. I just thought I'm a marketer. I run events from time to time. I travel for it. That's just life. And then suddenly, and I've always worked in technology, I should say, in, in technology um, organizations doing that. And then suddenly someone reached out to me and said, hey, I've got this role and it's this combination of tech and events. And I was like, oh, that's intriguing because I really enjoy that side of my job. But I always worked in technology and I love technology, find it fascinating. So here's this role where it combines this perfect combination for me of the things I absolutely adore. Um, so, you know, came in, started as a content manager within Cvent and I think it blew my mind, if I'm being honest. It wasn't just Cvent, it was the industry. It was me being able to get out there, go to events, talk to people. And that's what events are for, isn't it? You know, making relationships yeah. and all of that and interviewing them because I wanted to fill my content role. Um, but that just, it was, it was a whole new world, if I'm being honest. And understanding the goals and the objectives of these people, the way that they communicate with each other and the things they're building and the design and the logistics that goes into it and the food and the music and yeah. everything. It's overwhelming. And I think ever since then, I've been like, well, I'm not leaving <laughs> for a start. This is the yeah. industry I'll probably be in until I die. <laughs> but, and you're yeah, absolutely right. For, for, you know, for people who work external to the industry on a day-to-day -day basis who may be, you know, and if you think about any business sector, any element of industry, 
they have trade shows, they have conferences, they have events relevant to them. So there are very few people who haven't experienced an event of some description, music festival, conference, business event, whatever it may be. Um, but actually, when you take the sort of step, you know, or, or through the looking glass, so to speak, it, it, into the actual inner workings of how these things are pulled together, and you realise just how many things have to be juggled and planned and scheduled and agreed upon in order to, to stage these types of events, suddenly you realise, I suppose, in some respects, why platforms like Cvent now exist in the in the modern day events world, given that we do everything and we plan everything using our devices, using these great devices that we've got available that connect to the world. So with a platform like Cvent, you can now incorporate and, and balance so many of those facets that used to be done sort of almost through individual and sort of vertical strands when you were planning your events. Oh, absolutely. And I, I almost feel like I'm super lucky to be at what I'd call like the epicenter of all of that. Like we see the requests come in from the minute someone says, I've got an event, you know, and that's that beginning of that relationship of, okay, what's it about? Bring us into your world and we'll bring you into how we can help you figure that piece out. Um, and me being in my role and having done what I'd done before, like I remember being down at a, a polo event um, that we were hosting, I think it was Chesterton's polo or something. And I had this spreadsheet that we printed out of who was supposed to turn up. And on that spreadsheet, I was meant to identify VIPs. And then I was meant to text somebody in the tent that they were going to be in to say, hey, I've just found your VIP's name halfway down my spreadsheet when I was looking and saying, I'm sorry, give me a minute. I'm sorry, give me a minute. And then I'm texting to say they're on their way. Are you getting this text? What a waste of time. You know, whereas if someone told us that, I've got an event, it's here. There are these VIPs telling up, I need a way to tell myself to be like, done, sorted. All you need to do is get some on arrival, check them in, let them check themselves in. And then that pings to your sales team already like, hey, so-and-so turned up, you don't have to do anything. You know, and they're like, oh my gosh, that's so amazing. And I love being in that position where the event professional, the marketer is saying, oh, thank God that's easy that's a weight off my shoulders I can go and do something else <laughs> absolutely and, and and at this point I'm going to throw something in that, that if, if possible we'll try and put a link out I, I, I was sent a really good link um, by the Cvent team ahead of this podcast to a, a video that's available on YouTube so if you could just go and search Cvent Connect Europe 2022 on mm. YouTube you'll you'll probably find easily that the, the video that I've watched this morning which shows the attendee journey at Cvent Connect Europe last year um, yeah. And just uh, apropos what you were just saying about, you know, the, the scenario of VIPs turning up and it pinging them instantly, did this great little four minute video, you know, after you've listened to today's podcast, go and check out this video and you'll see the sort of the customer journey and all these, we, I suppose we call them touch points now in the industry where you know, the customer is able to to, to use a single sort of you know, access platform really to manage almost every aspect of, of, of their journey whilst they're attending the event. Um, and I know that that's something that, that, that we all talk about in the industry and there's available, you know, people have their tech stacks now and lots of platforms available, but it's a really great and well put together four minute video. So go and search for that after we've listened to today. And, and I suppose what that does for this year is, is bring us to Cvent Connect uh, and maybe looking at a little bit about, if people haven't come across it, tell us a little bit about what it is. Sure, so we like to say Cvent Connect Europe is the largest, um, I would say, supplier-based um, event technology show there is in Europe. And we say that because, you know, it, 
are us and our competitors, we go to a lot of shows, similar to like Event Tech Live, we all go to IMX, IBTM, but this is our show where we get an opportunity to not only showcase our technology, but bring together event professionals, marketers and hospitality professionals all in one place, um, about a thousand of us all coming together to share what are we doing, best practices, you know, how we drive things forward, how we're using technology to drive things forward and make a change. Um, and it's our client base, so it's people that are using our technology, but also those that have never used our technology before and are coming to just talk to each other about, you know, strategy, uh, logistics, about all the things they want to do. So we really try and make a space for people to not only learn about us, but have that communication. And one of the things I know we're going to talk about some event design, but one of the things that we've done this year is we've very purposely put really big breaks in between every session, really large breaks, because we know that actually one of the fundamental reasons for people come is they want to talk to each other. So yeah. we can't pack it, pack it full of content and then not give people that opportunity. So that's one of our design elements that we've put in this year. And the design elements, this, this brings me nicely to something that I wanted to ask you today, which is that there is a level of commitment for you as a, as a supplier to event organisers to then stage and run your own event every year, both in North America and in Europe. So mm. with two major events a year. So there's a commitment from you as a supplier to, to do your own event. But from that, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping, I'm guessing that there must come a learning process and an understanding of then what your clients are having to go through when they're planning their own events. So all of these things that we've talked about juggling is that you're not only supplying, and I suppose it, one of the things that we've maybe leveled some criticism at on this podcast o o over the years and, and since event technology became a thing is that some technology platforms and providers maybe don't have the hands-on real life experience of being an event organizer. So do, do, you, do you find that actually running these events puts you in a position where you can tailor to your clients' needs a little bit better because of that understanding? All day, every day. And I'm so glad that you understand that because that is, you know, one of the reasons why we do it. We, and yes, these are our two largest events, but we are actually running events every single month. We do, you know, smaller events, lunch and learns. We do um, demo events. We do networking events. We do all, all the different types. We know there's like so many different types of events out there. We do them all. And that insight, you know, like I said, I came from that content writing experience. Yeah. So that insight to be able to say, oh, this was my problem. How can we solve that problem? So I'll write about that or we'll make a video about that because I know there's going to be a hundred, a thousand other people out there that have the problem that I ran into when I was trying to run my own event. Um, in addition, we're able to say to our uh, technology team and our developers, this was a blocker for me when we were using our own technology. Can you fix that? Um, yeah. And they love to hear that from us because, especially on those larger events, because if it's a smaller event, they'll say, well, that's a niche problem, isn't it? <laughs> Maybe we're not going to solve every single thing, but we're trying to run large scale conferences here. And they're like, oh my gosh, if that's a blocker for you, what's that doing to our client base? So it's, it's a win, 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 really. Um, and it does help us to have better communication and relationship builds with our clients. Mm. And again, this all dovetails because it brings us to what I mentioned at the start, which is about this, how technology fits into the design of an event now, because you, you've got it's such a fine balance to strike between having it aid the, the attendee experience and become a seamless part of their journey through the event without it feeling like it's a hindrance, without them feeling like they're having to divert their attention away from what they're there to 
to do, to network, to learn, etc., and not to feel like they're caught up and wrapped up in having to use a platform. Mm. Um, and and how I, I guess it's an ever expanding journey for a company like C Event. But you know how much how much effort is put into striking that balance? Uh, a ton. <laughs> um, it is difficult for us because this is what we're trying to sell let's not be you know we're not going to just sort of say well we're here for lovely communication and whatnot we definitely are but we're trying to sell the technology so we have a remit to use as much of it as possible on site at the event connect so that people that come along can see and touch and play with that technology so the balance here is we're not just running an event for say pharmacists who don't really want that technology to overshadow the fact that they're there to talk about the next pharmaceutical development or whatever it is they're doing. So there, if you know, if I was that person, I'd have to say, well, what is my goal here? I need people to get in quickly because maybe I've got an early keynote. So the check-in process has to look like this. I need them to have this information. So the app needs to look like this. I need them to go here afterwards. So I need them to be able to funnel through and do something, maybe check in again with a different type. All those things need to be considered as you're planning your event. Mm. I have a completely different remit. I need you to play with technology and touch it and feel it and experience it. So when I build my technology journey, I have to make it very clear as to why I'm giving you technology at different stages in that journey. So, for example, we run a tech tour that you can sign up and sign into. That should be your most you know, tech moment where you get all the technology coming at you and you're seeing it and you're touching it and playing with it. But off of that tech tour, I don't want you to have to feel like, oh, gosh, I have more technology. Here we go again. You yeah, know, yeah. I want you to be able to have whatever other experience it is you came along to Cement Connect Europe for. So that's that kind of balance that we tend to have to strike. Yeah. And I guess from a content point of view as well, you have to be really careful that you don't bombard the attendees with what feels like a sort of a glamorous sales pitch if that exactly. makes sense because yeah. you're quite right to say you let's not nobody should hide behind the door in terms of you're running your own event and your own branded event because you want to sell the technology you want more users you want to expand the client base that you already have um so running an event is it seems like a completely natural thing to do but by the same token you want people to have an experience and not feel like they've just attended a sales pitch a hundred percent. And I think all the things I said at the beginning of the call about people networking with each other, you know, sharing best practices, that's for them, it's for us as well. We want to understand our audience better. And we always say, you know, as marketers, if you understand your audience, you'll understand what they need and therefore you'll be able to offer them the right service at the right time. So we mostly curate all of that content because we're trying to learn at the same time you know we we've got things to teach we've got things that we've learned and picked up on along the way but as a community you know community build we always say is, is pretty much everything these days of you know we're trying to understand those that are like us and those that are trying to move in a similar direction as us and if we can pre present those moments where people can say actually did you know you could move this way or actually did you know if you increase this use here you'd exponentially raise your ROI and all of that yeah. we want to know that as well so that's why we'll sit in those sessions we take furious notes we're like okay let's feed that back into content that we're going to go and make yes because we've spoken about content has to live after the event but also because it's so educational for all of us so it's a very mutually beneficial event that we're running here in addition to trying to sell some technology <laughs> yeah and uh, you you 
Ben, I'm just going to pick something out of, of what you've just said, which is about understanding your audience. And um, I'm curious to ask about the demographic of the audience and the people that you get actually attending Cvent Connect. Mm. And if it's from quite a broad spectrum, i.e. they're organising lots of different types of events, again, there must be some serious consideration that has to go into understanding what your attendees are doing in their own day-to-day event organisation jobs and then how the content and the tech is relevant for all of those, if that makes sense. Because effectively you're trying to plan one event that could essentially satisfy the curiosity of people who are organising many different types of event themselves. A hundred percent. And that's something we do every day as well within the marketing. We have to figure out, you know, what we're making. But for the event itself, data capture for us is is essential and looking at the past you know years datas and the trends of who came and what they interacted with is is really essential for us planning and designing the next event and so you know we'll look at uh, the types of planners we had and, and what they were doing and what they engaged with and then we will build sometimes we build complete content tracks for those people so I'll give you an example. We know that we get a certain level of seniority that comes to our events. You know, we would call them the leaders of the industry. Um, And we've been over time curating leadership conversations. But this year, you know, we are having, I think we did it last year for the first time, but this year we've really plowed into having a leadership summit within Connect Europe. So the leadership summit takes place on the 8th of November, get my dates right. And um, it's a pretty much half day program where those leaders can talk about specific strategic goals that they have and how they're doing it in their own organizations. Now we've been told in the past, there's no content for me. Those leaders have come to connect and they've said, well, I did go to that session and we knew we could see the data that they went to that session. And then we could see that, you know, they didn't really interact with much else. And we also got the verbal feedback. There's no, not enough content for me. So we had to start digging in throughout the year. Well, what does that look like? What, are you looking for and they said I just want to talk to my peers fine brilliant let's build this and they can go and do that whilst we encourage their users within their organizations to go on a tech tour for example or to go and engage with you know event best practices because they might just need to know the day-to-day how do I do that and you go this way you go this way there's something for both of you but you can both go to that event together you see mm, absolutely so something I wanted to um ask as well was about that interaction and that journey through the actual um event itself i'm going to reference again that the video um Mm. that i mentioned a a few minutes ago and in there there's an example where the attendee walks into a room and there's a simple bit of sort of truss frame up and over the doorway Mm -hmm. uh, with rfid scanners um attached to it that means that as soon as that person walks into that area it detects their badge and it knows that they've been into that particular area. There's yeah. also an example in the video of manual touch points that we've probably all experienced at events where we go over with our badge and we physically touch those. It could yeah. be on an exhibitor's stand at some events. It could just be at the entrance to a theatre, a conference theatre. Um, yeah. Again, the balance there, because uh, that opens up an interesting line of questioning because people are sometimes reluctant at events to physically go over and touch something mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but data is so important to our events nowadays we want to know who's been where again where do you strike the balance from a privacy point of view from not forcing anything upon attendees and where do you think you know 
some events benefit from the manual touch points and some event would actually be better suited to the automatic sort of um, yeah. detectors that people walk through? Yeah, great question. And I think so what you're referring to is what we would call passive tracking and active tracking. So the passive is, you know, you don't have to think about it just merely by wearing your badge and walking. We're tracking and that's, you know, you don't have to think. Um, we tend to, in the design of our events, we tend to put that passive tracking in places where there's a larger footprint, for example. So if you're all going into general session, general session is where we would say we expect you to be and we won't clash general sessions with other sessions. So things like Reggie Keynote on, you know, that first real day of conference, that's where we want you to be. We don't really want you milling about the rest. So we'll tend to put passive tracking um, monitors and beacons as you enter into general session, because that's where you're going anyway. We don't think you have to touch into the keynote because you're all going to the keynote. Um, and we hope plus, that you're plus, doing Plus, that. from an operational point of view, you potentially create a bottleneck. I mean, exactly. that's just a simple, you know, operational thing. But you have somebody manually scanning 500 badges as they're all trying to get into theatre from a coffee break. You know, in any event, that's that's not a great scenario. Absolutely. And exactly. Hit nail on the head for the other reason. So everyone goes into that keynote, then they come out and then they start to decide, mm, maybe I'm going here, maybe I'm going there. So I think it's at those moments that you will need a bit more of the active decision made, I'm going to go into this room for this time for half an hour, you know, tap in, because we have tap and go machines as well, and they can just mm -hmm. go in. Um, but again, in the innovation pavilion, where you're coming into this large space, and you can do lots of different things all around the pavilion, we'll again, go back to the passive of let's just let people mill about and see what they want to do in that innovation pavilion. It is one big space, but we'd like to see what they're doing and where they gather. And we can do sort of hot spots of where they gathered at particular times. Mm. Um, so so we're, we're in that kind of, here's good, here's bad. Then the other technical piece of that is, you don't want to put your passive tracking in places where it clashes with another piece of passive tracking and you're not quite sure where they were. So that would yeah. be another reason why in the design, um, we definitely work with our on-site team so closely. He, we had a call last week and he said, look, I've taken the passive off of these doors because I wouldn't be able to know whether they were coming in or whether they were particularly at that stand. So sure. I've kept this bit here, I've kept that bit there, and then you've got a real separation of data, so no mess. So we can be very now, clear on what happened. Now, on the subject of the active tracking, where somebody physically goes over with their badge and, and touches a touch point, the, the data that that collects is, is invaluable to organisers. And it's often that the benefits of that are often sold to sponsors and exhibitors in, in trade show scenarios uh, mm. for understandable reasons. You know, you could deploy them on individual trade stands mm -hmm. and exhibitors can then, you know, they, they've, they've got, you know, scanned leads. Um, so the benefits of active tracking are, of, are, are often sold for the benefit of the organiser and sponsors and or exhibitors. Do you feel that there's a, there's, if there is a reluctance amongst attendees to physically tap touch points, is mm. that because we haven't or we need to refine the benefits to them as attendees as well, more so than actually the benefits to the organiser from a data point of view? I mean, I guess so. And the one thing that we're really lucky with is that all of our attendees are doing our jobs as well. They're all event organisers, they're all marketers, they're all hospitality professionals. So we are super lucky that we don't have to overly explain that to our own audiences. Mm. Again, let's go back to those examples of like, I don't know, you're going to the national hair show or you're going to the, you know, aeroplane show or anything that's totally unrelated to like what we do on a day-to-day -day basis. And suddenly I can see a reason for that education. So, you know, there's that classic, you said, we heard you type communication. 
that might need to be something that someone factors into their event marketing where they sure. sort of say last year we know that lots of people did this type of thing because you touched in here therefore we made this and so people are oh, I can see why I would touch in because you've actually changed your content or your um, things that you've delivered at your event because of me touching in. Whereas, yeah, it can seem a bit weird if you're just like, hold on, can I scan you? <laughs> you know, and you get those very active scanners at the door. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and I suppose the reason that that's, you know, popped into my head is I was on site at the NEC last week at a, a trade show. And I was actually there working with one of the exhibitors who were there so not in a in in an operational role like i'd usually be when i'm in these venues and it was interesting to see the reluctance of some of the attendees and visitors at the show to be scanned when oh. i was watching the, the sort of the dynamic on on the stands and say oh um uh, you know can we get some information about you have you got a brochure have you got something that we could take with us and and the, the staff on the stand were saying yes no problem um i can scan your badge and we'll email it to you oh no 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 i don't want my badge mm -hmm. scanned uh, yeah. and it was interesting how many visitors i saw still with that sort of oh no uh, because I, I i guess in their head they're thinking oh i don't want to be bombarded with emails and yeah. yet they're still ha happy to walk around the nec clutching a cloth bag full of <laughs> printed brochures i kind of <laughs> i can see where your head is and, going you're and, like what and, is this and, and i'm thinking come on you know we need to work smarter than this now and and yeah. you know and, and in some ways i find that the digital touch points actually are so much better from a lead point of view because somebody who is happy to be scanned is probably a more you know uh is probably a hotter prospect or a hotter yeah. lead than somebody who just idly walks past and picks up a printed brochure and shoves it in a yeah. bag Exactly. And I was kind of going to say that when you were headed down that road of like, yeah. you know, events did change. You know, we had a lot of post pandemic events have changed. What's going to happen? And I remember, you know, being on those stands and the footfall was less, say, in certain shows. And we're like, oh, footfall's gone down. And that's your first indicator of, oh, dear, what kind of show is this going to be? But when we got back into the office and we looked at the leads that we had scanned, and some of those shows where the footfall had reduced, the scans were great. We were like, oh, but yeah. the boss came out and, you know, that person had a conversation with us. So, yeah, I think, you know, where you just sort of landed there on if someone's reluctant to be scanned, you know, you've got to question, well, why? What kind of person was that? Were they the right lead for me or not? But I think, you know, educate. Sometimes with lead capture, I just find it a bit. Here's the lead capture. Good luck. You know, hope it works yeah. for you. <laughs> Whereas... You're like a machine gun. Do, 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 do. You're, just, you're just firing your lead capture device or, or scanning exactly. everybody that walks past on you with your mobile phone. And, and, I, and, and I am in very much in the camp that, um, you know, the data that we have available to us now is so much better and so much different to it was 10 years ago, 15 years ago, 20 years ago, when I remember walking through the doors of the NEC for the first time and experiencing my first ever trade show. And the industry then was built on headline figures, how many people walked through the door. Right. And that was really the only defining factor that organisers had to say whether the show was successful. You know, we had 20,000 people walk through our door. Fantastic. Mm -hmm. The data we have available to us now is so much better that headline figures of people through the door, I think, is arguably almost irrelevant yeah you know? <laughs> would, would you rather stand there for three days speak to five thousand people none of whom are interested in your product or would you rather stand there for three days and speak to 10 really good people who have a genuine interest that you've then got you know the contact information for you know yeah. and ultimately no. it's all about what business you do i completely agree with you and you know one of the things that we would love to get people 
um, doing more is exhibition organizers integrating like we have what we call a badge kit it's a C event yeah. badge kit and what it does is it helps the um, lead capture choice whatever it is to work alongside C event technology um, and people, if I'm being honest, people often don't pick it up as exhibition organizers because they're like, oh, but I don't want to upset my actual badging person because that's who I've got. I've got the badging with one person. I've got the lead capture with someone else. And then I've got some other system with someone who that integrates with. And there's this like stitching together of like five or six different platforms. And that's not beneficial to the exhibition, as I can tell you, because like here we are on our stand trying to make all of that technology work together and it just doesn't uh, so we yeah. we do you know we try one of our big things at cvent is integration like if we can integrate with some other tool in a way that is more seamless i'm not going to say completely seamless because we know integration is not always amazing but yeah, 100%. as seamless as it can be then we would try and work with all the organizers to do that so i think the reluctance that comes from the attendees is probably because they don't see the benefit on the other side of that scan they just sure. see a very generic email it almost is like you don't know who I am, but could you imagine a world where I scanned you and it integrated back with my CRM that told me you've met that person before, actually, um, and they came to a webinar or something. I'm just painting utopia yeah, yeah, for you. <laughs> yeah. And so when I send this email, suddenly the email's a bit more informed. You know, I'm telling you, we have a relationship and it was great to see you on the stand. I think the person that's getting scanned is going to be like, oh, amazing. I'm going to do this more often because it's beneficial to you. Whereas at the moment, you're going to get a thanks, X person. Uh, it's great to see you. Do you want to buy something? <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I guess bringing it back full circle to today's conversation is that the C-Vent Connect gives you the opportunity to paint those scenarios for the attendees at your event. Right. It's to say... Just imagine what you could be doing. Are you doing this? Are you doing that? You know, and, and I guess th through the platform as well, the, uh, uh, um, how much polling do you use at Cvent Connect to, to actually poll the audience and maybe ask them simple questions to get an idea of which direction they're actually working in? Yeah, I mean, we do. We try to tell people because everybody's, you know, owner of their own content session. So we'll always empower people with a here's your content session, you can use polling, you can use Q&A. But what we started to do last year was we polled outside of the sessions. So we had a couple of questions that I think we're going to try and do it again this year that for lunches, for example, you're going to go and have lunch. And then we sort of throw out this poll and say, whilst you're having lunch, think about this, what would you do if or how would you handle this situation? And we'll get the poll results. That's kind of for us. But we also use it as a lunch conversation starter for you as the attendee so yeah. that when you sit down, you're like, oh, what did you say to that? Part? What would you do? Like, I think we had train strikes last year. So that's what inspired us to do it. And we we're like, what would you do? <laughs> because it's been painful for us. Yeah. <laughs> so, but great conversation starter in the morning and then also at lunchtime. So yeah. I know lots of people don't tend to poll outside of um sessions you know you're in a session like, I'm gonna do a poll now <laughs> yeah that, that, that's that's an interesting one because I guess sometimes certainly with some of the Q&A platforms that I've had that the standalone platforms they tend to be very much built into a particular session so when mm -hmm. that session ends and people maybe leave that theater area or the you know that, that particular zone um you then lose the capacity to actually engage them with a poll yeah. so it, it's interesting then if you've got that incorporated within your main event platform yeah then that, that's given you the option to do that then outside of fixed times and outside of time. the sessions and I, I will say like I'm not uh, I know our tech people are going to be like no but polls have to be tied to sessions of course they do but an, a lunch is a session 
and the morning well, uh, is a session. <laughs> exactly. Well, why why is it not listed? Why are these things not listed as sessions? We yeah. we list the sessions where panel session, you know, keynote speaker. But why don't we list networking as a session with oh, its own do. synopsis or abstract? hundred percent. Exactly what we do. Exactly. If you go onto the Cvent Connect Europe website. In the agenda, you'll see absolutely morning networking, first time of networking. You'll see all the different things where we're trying to help people to understand that in the design of this event, there are moments for you to just get together. And those are sessions. Mm. Uh, I must touch on this because, I mean, we, we kind of have a loose time on this podcast, as regular <laughs> listeners will know. There is a loose time, but there's there's so much to talk about. And if you'll indulge me just maybe for a few more minutes, Felicia, um, that. AI, mm. huge talking point in, in consumer life at the moment, certainly in the world of, of, of the event tech um, industry. Um, and I'm, I'm kind of, I, I feel it would be remiss of me not to ask you and go down the AI route a little bit on today's podcast and, and ask how much it is already incorporated into, into C-Events platforms and, and how close an eye you're keeping on it as to how it could benefit some of the elements that you offer to your, to your own clients. Uh, so, it's, yes, already integrated in so far as I know most marketers, event planners, and to be honest, the world is using content AI. So writing tools um, it seems to be the most proliferate. Prolifer sure. Oh, my gosh, you know what I want to say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Proliferation. It's proliferation, yes. <laughs> Um, I'm like, oh gosh, am I getting tired? It's only early. Um, but that's the first thing that we integrated into Cvent. So we help um, people to write session titles, to take video content and, you know, give the brief synopsis of what that is. Because it's normally in those moments people start thinking, oh gosh, what am I going to write for this? And, you know, have to take something and make it smaller. But we can mm -hmm. do that already within Cvent. Um, the next build is within venue finding tools. So uh, people writing RFPs and sending it to venues and then the venues being able to respond to those RFPs in a quicker way. That's all about, if you think about staff shortages and people, you know, not being able to give you the time necessary that they used to be able to, that's mm. about making that more efficient and quicker between those relationships between planner and hotelier. Um, so those are the two big things that we've really worked on. So writing and writing and responding. But actually where we see it going is all of what we've just been talking about, data aggregation, trend analysis, being able to say to the planner, I suggest you might like to go down this road because you know I've looked at this. So like the tools that are built into things like Microsoft now, you know, the assistants, yeah. those types of things is like the, the dream. That's the future for us. We can just see that we know planners need help even with reporting, even even with AI being able to kind of say things like, this was the best part of your event. Like we've looked at it and this was actually the best, not the numbers through the door, this thing. <laughs> that's, a, that's a really interesting point to make is, is again, something that has been spoken about on this podcast and, and within the wider industry as well is it, going back to the point about data, how much we have available to us is how difficult it can be post events to actually go through all that data and aggregate it to identify actually we've got all this data but what does it actually mean mm. what what meaningful sort of conclusions can we draw from this data that we have generated and that, that that's a point that's that's i hadn't i haven't heard made so far is using ai to actually you know 
scan if you will that that data yeah 100 percent. and you know i'm painting beautiful visions i'm telling you my developers are just going to be like what are you doing <laughs> you know <laughs> we're not there yet but that's i mean back to see connect here that's what we sit and do we picture a future for our industry that maybe we're not there yet but maybe someone said actually uh we're almost there because i've got this thing and you know you just start sharing and it's that that helps us to develop better technology we can't sit in our silo and figure it out by ourselves well, well it, it's, it's a good point as, as as you know maybe we we start to wrap up today's podcast is is to wrap it up on the point that you don't become a company like Cvent with its presence in the industry and its and its reputation and brand within the industry without sitting there and having a plan for three four five years and where you might want the technology to go you know i know tech companies always talk about their roadmaps but actually you you joke about it and developers having panic attacks when they listen to the podcast and they think oh no what what they're going to ask us to do next but ultimately if that's something that they turn around and say look that's two three four years away well begin the process now you know let's have it there available because that's how you stay relevant Oh, definitely. And we, you know, you mentioned the word roadmap. We have our product roadmap at, you know, after Reggie session on the 8th of November, the next session is product roadmap because we know that these are the most important things and they are the most highly attended sessions. I tell you, if that session attendance started to drop, we probably wouldn't do it anymore. But we know that people are just so fascinated with what's coming, what's next, what's coming. So, you know, we encourage, you know, anyone listening, if you want to come, that to me, I mean, I'd love you to come for three days of the conference straight, but <laughs> I know the roadmap is that session that a lot of people get a lot out of and they go back to their businesses and they make impactful changes because they can see our roadmap. And we've had people feedback to us because of your roadmap. I did this, which I just think is the icing on the cake of an event that you run when someone tells you they've actually made an impactful change because of that. Absolutely. And you you only need your attendees to walk away with really, even if they walk away with one thing each I would class that as a successful event. If they walk away with one yeah. thing where they think that was brilliant, that was simple, and I'm going to incorporate that into my event, I think that's that sort of mission accomplished in, in many respects. You, you know, yeah. it would be a, an absolute utopia to think that people are going to come in and utilize every single element that you've demonstrated to them out there. But ultimately, because yeah. events are so different and everybody's are so unique, one you know, one decision or one sort of meaningful change to their event because of what they've seen, I think would be would definitely be classed as success. And um, I, I think what we need to do now is is really give people the nitty gritty, is is tell them where and when. Um, I think seventconnect.com is is probably the best start point. If you just whack seventconnect.com in, you'll find the landing pages, click on Europe. Um, where and when is it, Felicia? So it is on the 7th, 8th and 9th of November. The 7th is a training day. So if you have people in your organization that are trying to get trained up on Cvent, it is absolutely free now. We've just made training free. So um, people can come along and get trained. We trained actually a load of people during the pandemic and people continue to tell us how good it was. So do come along for the training day if you have, if you are a user. Um, and the 8th and 9th are full conference days. We have our awards ceremony on the evening of the 8th, where we um, give awards out to Cbank clients, both on the hospitality and event side. And on the 9th of November, we have, today I can announce, our keynote speaker, uh, Kelly Holmes, uh, who's going to be our wow. keynote speaker on the 9th, who's been through an absolute transformational journey and is coming to share that with us. 
And our conference host for the entire two days is Claudia Winkleman. I'm very excited to be chatting with Claudia. <laughs> um, but she's, yeah, yeah she's going to be great. Get insight as well for any, <laughs> any event technology uh, enthusiasts who are also mega Strictly Come Dancing fans. <laughs> Perfect. And then on the 9th of November as well, we've got the conference closing party. I do have an old school celebrity who's going to come and perform at the conference party. I'm not giving away that information just yet because I really want people to come to the party, have a great rave, because that's pretty much what it's going to be. <laughs> <laughs> and then have a banging head headache the next day, because that's what it's made for, not to be all polite with each other. <laughs> no, 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 as much as we plan these conferences, you know, to the absolute nth degree with meticulous attention to detail, a good party, getting people in a room with a glass of wine or a cold beer and a bit of music is still one of the best ways to get people talking and networking. Drink, drink responsibly, everybody. Drink responsibly. Yes, that is the message. Drink responsibly, but there's also. You I know, meant headache from the music. There's a lot of mile. There's a lot of mileage in that. Um, yeah, Hilton, London Metropole, seventh to the 9th of November, Cvent Connect Europe. Um, go to cventconnect.com if you want to find out a bit more about those. And I'm sure, and I'm certain that that I'll get a nod here to say that they'll be across all the all of the platforms: uh, LinkedIn, uh, Instagram. Um, uh, X, you know, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. If you want to, if you're not already following Cvent, follow them across all of those platforms. Um, before we wrap up today, just a couple of mentions for us as well. Seventh, um, eighth, and ninth. Just to recap, is Cvent Connect Europe. Just a week later is Event Tech Live uh, at Excel London, returning for its second year in its new home of Excel London, um, having moved last year. Uh, also alongside the newly launched Event Sustainability Live. So it's Event Tech Live and Event Sustainability Live, two shows under one roof, two really, really key areas of the uh, of the events industry at the moment. So registration is now open. Do register for both of those events. If you register for one, you will get access to both of those events, 15th and 16th of November at Excel London. For Event Tech Live and Event Sustainability Live. And also, if you are listening to today's podcast via your podcast platform, please don't forget to head over to eventindustrynews.com when you've got a second just to check out the latest news features, special supplements, and of course, the A to Z supplier directory. If you are looking for a service, a product, a contractor within the events industry, the chances are you will find it in the comprehensive A to Z supplier directory on Event Industry News. Dot com. You can also watch video versions of all of the podcasts whilst you're on the website. If you are already doing that and you're watching the video of today's podcast on the Event Industry News website, thank you very much for tuning in. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from, Spotify, Apple, etc., etc., um, which wraps us up nicely. On with the rest of the week, Felicia. Indeed, it's a busy week, I can tell you. <laughs> busy week ahead, just a few weeks before Cvent Connect Europe. My thanks to my guest today, Felicia Asedu, who's the marketing director for Cvent Europe. Um, been great talking to you. Do stay in touch. We'd love to find out a little bit more about, you know, some of these these data analytics, you know, post event, what happened. So stay in touch with the podcast and uh, keep us up to date with what you guys are doing. Will do. Thank you, James. Bye. <laughs> thanks very much for tuning in, everybody. We'll see you on the next episode. Cheers.